Hello and welcome to the MLM.com podcast. I'm your host, Kenny Rollins, and this morning we are joined by Mindy Lynn of Damsel in Defense. Mindy is the co-founder, and Damsel in Defense is a a very popular company right now. And uh, Mindy, you guys, first of all, how are you doing this morning? Doing great. Thanks so much. And remind me, was it 2016 you guys won the DSA Rising Star Award? Uh, we won the Rising Star Award in 2015, and then we won the Vision for Tomorrow Award in 2006. Oh, I'm so sorry. You were correct. 2016 was Rising Star. 2017 was Vision for Tomorrow. Time goes by too fast. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. <laughs> uh, but <clears throat> why don't you go ahead and give us a little bit of background about Damsel in Defense. You're one of the co-founders, uh, and I'm, I'm curious just... Uh, how how you guys started, and, and if you could let our listeners know about your vision and, and what you guys are trying to accomplish. Absolutely. I'd, I'd love to. Um, Damsel in Defense was founded in September of 2011. Um, we were actually in a mom group with about 50 moms and really quickly realized that there was very, very minimal moms that were equipping themselves with product to protect themselves and just really saw a need for women to be able um, to protect themselves. And so um, in September of 2011 is when Damsel Defense was founded. And it's been a six-year ride for sure. Our mission is to equip, empower, and educate women to protect themselves. Um, we are all about women not only protecting themselves, but their families, and not just equipping themselves with product, but also an opportunity that creates ways for women to be able to um, create financial independence, to escape um, situations of abuse, um, various, various circumstances that all directly relate to our mission overall. Thanks. And and that's a great introduction. And one of the things that, that I've found interesting uh, in doing a little bit of research and in talking to you earlier this week is, yeah, just the way you're empowering women both through actually protecting themselves, but also this is where I think network marketing is such an interesting intersection for so many companies is your product empowers women uh, through education and also being able to protect themselves, but then it also provides themselves a way to empower themselves financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just curious how it is, what's your background with network marketing and how did you guys elect to go uh, the network marketing path versus some other means of distribution? Sure, sure. Um, uh, we realized that a number of these women were not carrying product because, um, number one, they didn't know how to locate it. Um, as a mom, I've never walked into a cop shop to go purchase product, so it's just not a frequent stop outside the grocery store. You're just not always venturing over that direction. So we wanted to create accessibility for moms to be able to not just access the product but feel comfortable with it. Um, I had sold Mary Kay when I was younger. I had also um, done creative memories and just my mom had sold Excel telecommunications. So I had a, I was familiar with the business model. Um, but ultimately what we were looking for was an environment for women to feel comfortable. It's an intimidating product. Um, stun gun women are always afraid, oh, it's going to kick back or it's going to, I'm going to stun myself with it. Um, there's an intimidation factor. And so how do we create an environment where women are comfortable to be able to try things? Well, that's in their living room with their girlfriends. And so that's really where the idea and the concept from it came from. And I understood that I loved to be an expert on, you know, when, it, when I was younger, it was Mary Kay or it was scrapbooking. And we knew that with such an empowering product and opportunity as protecting yourself and protecting your children, 
um, what woman wouldn't want to be an expert on that and share safety and protection with their friends. So that's really where the, the, the idea and the concept came from. And then it was just, it was very quickly um, and very well received. So um, it was well received here in Idaho, which is, I mean, Idaho is definitely a right to bear arms state. Um, but it was women didn't want to carry a firearm. They were concerned about their children. And so this non-lethal form of protection was just really well received. And so then we decided to take it to other states and we're now nationwide. That really, that answer uh, really, a couple of things stood out to me. First of all, I think your guys' product is unique in the sense that a lot of people probably do feel vulnerable, but don't necessarily know what to do about it and don't feel comfortable walking into, like you say, a cop shop or, or they don't know what to look for online. Um, and I'm sure there's a certain amount of anxiety to it. And so mm-hmm. by bringing it into the home and treating it where now your friends and, and family, it's a, a more relaxed environment. And I really liked that you, <clears throat> that you guys also emphasize education. Uh, along mm-hmm. with it. Uh, and could you talk to me a little bit more about what you're doing to help educate women along with giving them them tools to protect themselves? Yeah, I think the education piece is a big piece of it and taking that fear factor out of it and saying, yes, this is a stun gun. This stun gun has a disable pin on it. This disable pin goes around your wrist. And if this stun gun gets pulled away from you by an attacker, it's now disabled and it can't be used against you. Taking those components and that, you know, overcoming those objections of, no, I'm afraid my child will get it. Okay, well, this disabled pin goes in one pocket in your purse and the stun gun goes in another. Just really creating that opportunity to realize the goal is to remove that sense of being an easy target. If I'm walking to my car and I feel threatened, I have that stun gun as a deterrent to fire off as, and as a warning. And that attacker, a potential attacker, is going to wait for the next easier victim. So it's really just um, creating a sense of education, empowerment, and ultimately helping them to to see the need for it and see that it is all about, it's all about prevention and being proactive around it. Um, and to kind of expand on that, um, family, we've expanded into um, family education, not just education for women to protect themselves, but families and realizing that, yes, our products are for women 18 years and older to carry, but what about what about those that become are victimized prior to the age of 18? And, you know, one in five women will be sexually assaulted. College-age girls are four times more likely. But one in four girls and one in six boys will be assaulted before that age. And so um, we created Safe Hearts Sharing Awareness for Family Empowerment. And there's our family education line that prevents childhood sexual abuse and helps parents to how to have those conversations, you know, it's very easy for parents to have the stranger danger conversation, but it's not easy to have the Uncle Mike conversation um, of how how do you create awareness in your child and a sense of body boundaries without making them afraid of absolutely everyone around them. And so this this family empowerment line ultimately does that and creates an opportunity and a platform for parents to have those conversations with their children shoulder to shoulder through storybooks and other resources, that these conversations have a natural flow um, and help parents identify if there are red flags and and create a constant conversation instead of a one-time birth in the bees where children feel shame associated to it. So that's been very, very well received and a very fulfilling project for me personally, um, as well as many of our team here who, who have worked on that. You know, and that that was one of the products that, that really stood out to me, uh, just because I am I recently became a father, and that is one of the things that you, you kind of 
start wondering about, you know, it's, it, it's hard to explain how all of a sudden these things start popping up into your mind. Like, how am I going to handle this? How am I going to bring up that? And what yeah. age do you start talking to them? So to provide those tools to parents, um, so that kids, so that you can talk to them in a way that they're not, like you say, afraid of everybody around them. Uh, but that it's kind of an ongoing dialogue and, and that the parents, uh, the, 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 your children feel comfortable coming to you as parents and talking to you. I know that, so my mom, I don't even know what the book was called when I was very young though. She somehow got a book that was similar. Now nah, I don't know about similar, but it, it, she would read it to us at night and they were stories but they were stories about how to avoid, yeah, either strangers or even like family members. And there were valuable things that I learned from that. And it wasn't until after you and I talked earlier this week that I all of a sudden remembered that. But but the lessons that I learned through it were tremendously valuable. Um, so I can I can be I can testify to the fact that yes, these types of tools are tremendously helpful. And I think removing that from parents so that they're not alone totally in knowing when to how have the conversations or how to have them uh, is very powerful. And the how piece, especially because as a mom, it's very easy for me to tell my children, if anybody ever tries to grab you, what do you do? I scream, I run, I yell, I kick, you know, it's very easy for us to program what their responses to us should be. And they know how to answer those questions, but role playing with that child can yield a completely different re- a result that is shocking as a parent. So that's one of the tools that's in the parent guide is role-playing with your child. Okay, I'm going to be so-and-so, and you're going to be you. And we're in their, we're at their house, and we're playing in the room. And role-playing a scenario is, is hugely eye-opening to where when your child has a um, – they have an option. They have, they have to give what they would do in that situation, and it's very different than just citing at them, this is what you do when this happens, this is what you do, they can very easily spout up what the proper answer is, but is that how they will actually respond in an actual event is completely different. Yeah, and that that is uh, fascinating to me to hear and also makes a lot of sense, but it, but it's not something that I would have naturally thought about. So yeah. <clears throat> how have your... Uh, how have you seen your field change and, and respond as women have started to use these products? Um, I guess what my my question is, what's the response been? You guys have now been in business for six years. Um, how have you seen people evolve and, and lives change? Um, I think the most fulfilling part of it for me personally um, has the rewarding side of it has been seeing women a large number of our field are survivors. They're drawn to this mission because it is their story. And they have the opportunity through this mission to turn tragedy into triumph and to take their past and the pains of their past and create purpose in that. If they can take what happened to them and use it for good to help what happened to them from happening to the next person, then it's worth it to them. And so to have women that have suffered years and years and years of abuse and, and gone through you know, one of our least 30 years of counseling to suffer through these traumas that she suffered at the hand of very close loved ones, father, brothers, and to, to hear her say, you know, I, I experienced more healing in the last four years of working this business than I have in 30 years of therapy. That it, that to me is that it's not just a mission, it's a ministry. And to see women that are stepping into who they are and gaining back their voice and using that voice to help others. I think that is just, that's, 
that's beyond the, I mean, that's beyond icing on the cake for me. Um, and that's, and that's not just one off there. That is the story of many, many of the survivors in this company. Yeah. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I, I think really going back to what we were talking about earlier is there's so much confidence to be gained confidence in knowing that, that you're better protected, knowing that you're educating your kids, uh, and and knowing that you now have a, a means to provide for your family or to get out of of a, a bad situation, um, the one last thing I wanted to to touch on, um, and then I will let you go. And and we appreciate your time this morning. Is you also talked to me about how even um, in being attacked, you guys give education on okay, so it's not about staying here. It's not about fighting. It's about getting away. Can you talk a little bit about the training that you do for women um, as they're being prepared to use those products? Yeah, it's um, it's never been about just pushing a product or, or making a dollar or anything like that. It's about, I mean, the education component is critical. It's around sharing awareness. That's why Sexual Assault Awareness Month and Domestic Violence Awareness Month are huge months for example. Um, we are all about creating that that equip piece is putting that product into the hands of women, but training is, is critical and making sure our damsels, our damsel pros are linking up with self-defense instructors that can deliver content to that customer of this is your plan A, but if that plan A gets taken away from you, what's your plan B? And so at every damsel event, whether it's our leadership retreat or our um, national conference, we have our self-defense partner that we bring a team of individuals to our conference who offer self-defense training with our product to our field so that they can take back safety training to their customer base as well. We also have at our leadership event, we have, we take our field to, um, uh, to a center where they run through situational awareness, live scenarios and how they'll react to those. So yes, education, it's not just about pushing the product. I absolutely believe that there is huge, huge value in what we sell and what we offer to our customer base, but making sure it's a continued relationship, sharing continued awareness, keeping in front of people that it's not just buried in the bottom of their purse, but that they're constantly aware that it is a lifestyle to carry this product and it is a lifestyle to stay prepared. So that's, that, that's what I would say about that. Well, and I, I appreciate that. And it really does highlight some of the ways that, you know, so often we talk about network marketing as an industry and, and more and more people I talk about say, you know, it's not really an industry because our products are so varied. Um, it's a, a means of distribution, but it also is a means of creating a community, creating ongoing training um, and really supporting people. And, and what you guys are doing at, at Damsel in Defense really, really highlights uh, some of the some of the bright spots that, that network marketing has. And, and I appreciate your time this morning and, and the, the work that you guys are doing. So uh, just real quickly, give us, give, give your listeners, give our listeners your guys' um, website. It's damselindefense.net, correct? Net. Yes, damselindefense.net. All right. Well, I'd encourage people to go out and, and check out what you guys are doing. And, and I appreciate uh, hearing from you, Mindy, and, and we thank you for your time. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Kenny. This has been the MLM.com podcast. Thanks for listening. And an extra special thanks to Mindy Lynn of Damsel in Defense. I also want to thank Adam Holdaway and Jana Bangeter for production support. We hope you'll join us next time. Yeah.